Welcome to the Flashback with your hosts Andrew and Chase. This is a podcast about revisiting media from your youth and trying to decide if it's still good or at least not terrible. So let's get ready to remember some stuff. Uh, thank you, Mathilde. Always a pleasure, Mathilde. I love it. I love Mathilde. Okay. Well, I want to say this before <laughs> we get right into it. I'm already as excited because I have uh, modern media that I want to share. Oh, you thought about it. Yeah, you I already remembered. have one ready to go. Because usually I feel like you have one. Yeah. And I'm always like, I don't know, a YouTube video. I, <laughs> but Like a, a history <laughs> podcast? How boring. I have one to share, which I'm excited about. Okay. Have you ever heard of Mystery Science Theater hey, 2000? Two th- oh, come on, man. I know what you're trying to do here. And also, <laughs> have you, you ever heard this joke at the end of the podcast. Have you ever heard of Adventure Time? Uh, I've heard of it, yeah. <laughs> have you ever heard of... <laughs> so these are things that Chase has in his room um, Wait, that I know I, that he likes. What do I have Adventure Time in my room? There. Oh, yeah, I do. That's right. So I thought it would be funny if I just mentioned, like, hey, this is the media you should use. <laughs> stuff you Honestly, the, the but I do have media that okay. is outside of this. Okay, well, we'll do that at the proper time. I know, but I wanted to make my joke right now before I yeah. forgot it. Well, do you know what's funny? Can you see my record player? I can. Um, I guess I'd have to take the yeah. record off, but there's a dust cover. You can see it all the way back in 1938 Here we go. when records were relevant. Here we go. I'm pulling it off, pulling off the cover. Okay. Can you see this? Oh, that's cool. It's a, it's a Mystery Science Theater 3000. Uh, Asteroid. De- dust mat or whatever you call it that you put on, on the platter. Very cool. No one cares. Here's the thing. No one cares. Yeah, I, I'm not saying it's that they do. I wanted I've to make a joke for more you. I'm more obsessed with over time, and I don't know why. You've become more into Mystery Science Theater 3000 than you used to be? Yeah. It's weird. I mean, look behind you. Do you see the, the poster on the wall there? Yeah, that is weird. You're right. It is. It is weird. I think. I think the pandemic has affected people in weird ways. Where like totally. At least myself. Like I work from home now. I never leave the room we're in right now, Mm -hmm. and I just um, fixate on things, um, my hobbies and my stuff. I think a lot of people are trying to be like, well, if I'm going to be home, I'm going to do this thing. Like the first week of pandemic, I cut a cord of wood. Yeah. And then I cut another cord of firewood. You became one of those guys, like woodcutting guys? Just because I like doing it. Yeah. Like I enjoy the act of, of splitting the wood. It makes you feel manly. I think that's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I just enjoy stacking a bunch of wood. I don't know. Just like this stacking visceral act. Yeah. Do you even have a, a wood-burning stove? Not at all. Uh, so what did you do with it? Uh, I still have a stack of it, but a bunch <laughs> of it I burned in campfires. Uh, I gave away to a guy who does have a wood-burning stove, there and then go. I gave a bunch to the Navajo. Okay. When there was that big windstorm, I guess um, uh-huh. something happened to their firewood supply. Oh. So I gave most of mine to them. That's cool. And then I cut another cord Very from nice. my wood that I lost in the windstorm. Well, it reminds me, my in another windstorm several years ago, um, I live in a spot where there's lots of windstorms and trees are always yeah. falling down. And um, my dad came to help me, like, clean it up. And we cut up all this wood. And then he's like, do you know anyone around here who burns wood? Because uh, he's trying to give it away. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, no, I don't know. He's like, you don't know if your neighbors burn wood? And he was, like, offended, basically, that I didn't know that. Yeah. And so 
uh, you've met my dad. Have you met my dad? No, but I would love to. I think he, your dad and I would really get along. I think so too. But he was like going around just to random people on the street that were walking by. I mean, like you, you burn wood. You burn wood. Hey, hey. And he'd like chase a guy down. Hey, do you, do you burn wood? And and just acting like a maniac. And me and my little brother were like so embarrassed. And that's like classic. My dad is like yeah. embarrassing us with his insane. I think behavior. I think this is why your dad and I would get along. <laughs> and so I always said like if you know once you know. Uh, you know, knock on wood, you know, when he does pass, yeah. I would probably get like a, a memorial tattoo that just says, do you, you burn wood? Like a question mark. <laughs> that would be like my tribute to him because it's the perfect distillation of his weird personality <laughs> is him running around frantically asking just people on the street if they burn wood and everyone being like, what are you talking about? Like, we got all this wood over here. It's going to go to waste. Like, I don't know. So I, so I, um, you, you talked about your knife collection and how you were going to show me some. Oh yeah. So, um, no, but we don't have to go. I uh, know. Uh, let's is... do it with, without the visual aid. It'll be really interesting for the, <laughs> for the visual, the, the audio people. I was trying to say that the reason I brought it up is because I already looked at your knife collection. Again, I just rifled through your knives while you were doing this, uh, getting them ready. Oh yeah. And the reason I brought it up to, to go back to your father and why uh-huh. I think we'd get along. Yes. If someone was talking, I guess there's this Netflix show about like going through closets and you like, you go and organize celebrities' closets, like uh-huh. organizers or whatever. Uh-huh. And this lady at work was like, I just really like it because I would never look in someone's closet, but it like gives me an opportunity to see inside of it. Uh-huh. And the, in, the first thought I thought was, why wouldn't you look at people's closet? Like if I went to your house, <laughs> I would just start rifling through your closet because I want to see what's in it. Yeah, people and then that. you have to remember, you're like, oh yeah, humans have a certain way they should work and that's not it. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't kind of like your dad. It's like people need wood. Why wouldn't I ask him? Yeah. And you're over here like, well, you should know why you shouldn't <laughs> ask strangers about wood. I mean, I mean, I guess I guess it's fine to ask strangers if they burn wood. But the manner in which he totally did it, it was like he was fr- I don't know if he had somewhere else to be at that moment where he was like, <laughs> I need to like wrap up this project. But he was like, but you couldn't put it on a KSL and demented. be like free yeah. wood for anyone. Yeah. Or just I don't know, just bring it to the dump like a normal person if you don't want it, you know? I don't know, but... I'm with your dad. You're wasting the wood, man. <laughs> it's not wasted, though, because you bring it to the dump, and then they grind it up and turn it into mulch, and people buy the mulch from the dump. Ugh, you're a capitalist through and through. No, I'm just saying it's recycled. It's Trump like 2020. Okay, whatever. By uh, the way, by the way, <laughs> yes. I don't know if this is too topical because the presidential election's in a week. Yeah. But did you see what Mike Lee said today? Uh, did he say that some, I didn't see it directly. Trump, I just saw people reacting to it on Twitter. They were so mad. He said Trump was Captain Moroni. Do you know what, I, to this group I heard of the LDS same, people? I heard in, the same shit in, when uh, I was on a mission Arizona. about George Bush in 2003. I heard the exact same thing. Because everyone in Argentina was mad at, at the U.S. for starting a war in Iraq. Right. And we, I, we were there, like, I didn't know anything about it. And everyone's just, like, so mad and, like, yelling at us, like, uh, how they hate Bush. And I'm like, I don't even, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, and hey, someone, guys, I'm 19. And then someone's like, my mom said that some author, general authority said that he's a modern day Captain Moroni, so there you go, you know? And I'm like, even at the time, as like a 19-year-old, I was like, that seems manipulative. I don't think you should be assigning modern people like, yeah. you know, I was like, this is like uh, spiritual manipulation. I don't know. I just thought politics, so. uh, Senator Lee said it, and I thought, what an interesting move. Oh, yeah. I saw a tweet that was like, uh, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, the part where Captain Moroni was like, you know, having sex with a porn star while his <laughs> pregnant wife sat at home. Maybe that was in the sealed portion. Of the <laughs> you know? 
this is getting too inside uh, uh, Mormonism, I guess. Well, but who knows? No one listens to this. It doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't well, matter. Well, I think uh, Trump does. So shout Trump, out. He definitely listens shout to Shout out Don Jay. Donald J. I don't think it's going to work out for you, but you know what? I've been wrong before, so I won't even venture. All right. Well, there we go. Okay, let's move on. Did you see the sign out front we have? No. We have the most polite anti-Trump sign. Which one is it? It just says, uh, it says Donald Trump does not represent our values. Fascinating. Very very polite. Very polite. Yeah. And to the point. And then we have one that says like, and racism that I don't even think is political. I I wouldn't think that's political in nature, but no, I guess it is. (laughs) I think I think it's an interesting I don't know I think that that is an interesting um tactic that's taken and I think it'll prove very effectively which is it's just we're not Trump. Mm-hmm. That's that's the campaign. Yeah, well I feel like a lot of people feel like that like similar to me a lot of my friends who uh you know, they're definitely not Republicans, but no one is excited about Joe Biden. Right, it's which is interesting because like, no one was so, excited about Hillary. We're so true, but no one. but Hillary was more like actively was like unpopular, like historically she unpopular. Was. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I think Biden is just like the boring, like he's which been I wonder in politics what forever. is it about our system that just has perpetually put forth unpopular people for the last. Uh, I eight think years. it's due to the corporatist nature of both parties. Yeah. That the the big corporations they lobby, they don't want any big shakeups like your Bernie Sanders, who would actually come in and like change the tax code in right. real ways. So that's why they push for Biden because he's not gonna. I mean, he plays lip service now to all the progressive stuff, but he's. He's not even. But he's about as middle of the road as yeah, you can he's, get. Yeah, he's he's a Republican from 20 years ago. He's not even going to, uh, you know, consider like Medicare for all or any other policy that would be like massively popular and probably good. Interesting. You know. Well, let's move on from this. No, let's get into. Po- <laughs> Actually, I don't even think we've talked about what this podcast is. We, we thanked Matilde, and she, I guess she explained Well, I feel it, like all of our deep listeners, you can go back and figure out what it is. Do we have to tell? I think we if, do. How about There's this? There's going to be lots of new listeners. You know listeners. what? You can tell any new listener what to listen to. This is what I'm going to say. Yes. Just go back and listen to three other episodes. You'll figure it out, and let's get right into it. Okay, I don't even sure. want to explain what we it's about. We won't even explain it. Okay, what we're covering today, this was uh, Andrew's choice. Yeah. Although... I will say uh, I had definitely read this as a child. I read it as a child, so, too. So, you know, either of us could have I think the, it. I think the picture of it, the the image, was a very popular for our age group. Mm-hmm. Just the holding up the... And basically what it is, it's the Goosebumps novel. I mm-hmm. guess you can't really use that word, novel. Um, I would uh, call it a novel. Novella. It was 65 pages. Novella. The chapters were so short. I was like, <laughs> I read it last night because I was like, oh, crap, we're doing this. And I'm like, I don't know how long this is going to take me. I forgot that those books are like. Totally. You think it it's a book, right? You 30, think it's like a book. Maybe 30 minutes. And that yeah. was like stopping to take notes. Exactly. So, oh, totally. Not that I'm a fast reader. But yeah, the, the chapters are like three pages long. I'm a super fast reader. It only took me 10 minutes. Oh, and dang. I took notes. Dang. <laughs> but uh, it's the Goosebumps work uh the haunted mask is it just just the haunted, the haunted mask. mask yeah mm-hmm. and um you probably have seen the cover before it's a child holding up this green goblin looking mask over her, her head face. yeah mm-hmm. and um i was thinking back i'll tell my personal history with it i it definitely actually was the the one i had read i read tons of them but yeah. that was the one actually that i remember being a little scared of Interesting. Like while I was reading it, it was like giving me like, oh, this is like a pretty like messed up scenario. And like I remember thinking like, wow, this would be a 
You know what I mean? Like it, totally. it, it did it did what it was supposed to do, and right. I, I actually remembered it. Um, whereas all the other ones I read, like I can't even I can't even remember which ones I read of all the other ones. Like I'm pretty sure I read the one about the ventriloquist doll. Yep. Mm-hmm. I read one about some goo, like the blob or something like that. Yep. And there was one where something lived under the sink. And would like oh, bite you. Uh huh. I think I read that. And then I remember they went to a, a haunted like amusement park. Mm-hmm. That one haunted amusement park. And then I remember there was like a series, um, a sub series that was like, um, it was like a choose your own adventure book. So I don't remember. But these. it was goosebumps, and it was like you're caught in a laboratory, an evil laboratory, or something. Interesting. Like that. But, but yeah, those remember. are the only ones I, I actually remember. I, I remember the ventriloquist one a little bit, but this just the picture. I know I had it in my house. Mm-hmm. And I also think it's interesting that I read these books because I did not like to be scared. I don't like to be scared. Yeah. When I was a kid, I had night terrors. Like mm-hmm. I had like just real night terrors, right? Yeah. Um, And so being scared was like a real problem for mm-hmm. me. Like. Um, and so I didn't like it, but there was so much peer pressure in elementary <laughs> school to read these books. Like everyone read them that, uh, I caved and read them. And, and did it, did it also sort of scare you? Do you I don't think they scared me a lot. No. I think they were tame enough that they didn't scare me. What age and do I you think you read this? What grade? Oh, sixth, seventh, I, sixth, fifth, maybe fifth. I think I was fourth grade. Yeah. Maybe fifth, yeah, fourth, fifth grade. So I was probably right. like ten, right? Um, so this one, uh, <laughs> I don't know if we just get into the plot or what, but basically, also I was going to say this. This one was famous enough that um, there was a Goosebumps TV show. Yes, I remember the Goosebumps TV that, show. The one thing I remember about uh, the Goosebumps TV show is they go through like a jungle. And then, like, the story gets resolved, but the twist at the end is, like, you look up and Earth is the moon. So, so you're, like, like, on a different You're, planet? like, on a different planet, but Earth somehow is the moon. Hmm. I, it didn't make any sense to me, but I thought, <laughs> oh, that's interesting, I guess. I distinctly it's remember like that in my... I distinctly remember that in my eyes. In my um, I never saw the TV show because I grew up with without cable. Right. And I'm pretty sure it was on, like, Nickelodeon or something like that. Okay. Nickelodeon did all those shows. They also did the Animorphs TV show, which I never right. saw. I thought it was like on Fox. Or maybe it was on Fox. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, at any rate, I don't remember watching Because I grew it. up without cable, too. I think that's another thing we share. Oh, well. I'm going to make one tangent before you tell your story because I wanted to tell this. Sure. And uh, instead of listening politely, I'm just going to bust through. For, okay. Because this has come back to me. And I was thinking about that image, how it's like burned in my head. Yeah. I guess I can still remember the kids looking up and there's like an adult figure that looks up at the earth, too. Mm-hmm. And recently, there's another image from my childhood that I think of. Like, when I was eight or nine, ten, I don't know, the same age, my parents, like, let me choose this birthday party. Like, we were going to have a bigger one. We were going to go somewhere, like mm-hmm. a Chuck E. Cheese or whatever. And up the street, there was, like, an amusement, like a Chuck E. Cheese knockoff. Like, one in one of these places Showed that... pizza. Or whatever. I yeah. don't know. But it, it, it was a big place, and you would have, like, games and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, it's the same place. I think they put a Fred Meyer there eventually. Okay. Up the road. Whatever. But we went there to, like, look at it. My parents were like, well, you do want it. So they brought us a brochure. And they had this, like, drawn brochure. Uh-huh. And people were, like, riding cars around. Like, and you could tell that the cars were automatic. They were they were a locomotive, right? They, they went on their own. Okay. That was in the drawing. And I was like, dude, you get to, draw, you get to drive little cars. <laughs> and that was the selling point. Like, all the other stuff was there, like a maze, a jump pit, whatever. Yeah. And then we get there, and it's just, like, those cars you would push with your two feet. 
like for four year olds, like oh, and yeah, like I a plastic. I like because I like beelined yeah. it to this place. Uh-huh. Like all my friends are like, let's go, and I was like, no, cars, <laughs> and I went right to it, and they were those things, and I was like. Like this is this is what this is. This is it. And could you even like knock them into each other? Like they were bumper cars. They were the worst. They were nothing. Mm. And I was so. I just remember this like feeling of disappointment. I remember distinctly the picture of them having fun, like the yeah. cartoon style it was in, uh-huh. and then the letdown. <laughs> Those two things. Which birthday was this? How old? Were you? I don't know. Huh. Your first disappointment in life. <laughs> My first disappointment and in life. And then your dad pulled you aside and said, get used to it, man. <laughs> My dad well, would I don't say think, that. He would I don't say, think I expressed the he disappointment. He would always tell me, he would even as a very small kid, get, he would say, you know what, Chase? I'm going to tell you something. And I'd say, what? And he said, life sucks, and then you die. Cool. And I'm like, and I think, you know, he's trying to be funny. And at the time, though, I was like, man, that's that's true. This, this <laughs> does suck, and then you do die. I don't like it. <laughs> So maybe I learned the, learned the long, uh, wrong lesson from that. Yeah. Well. Okay, back to your story. So you still are disappointed in that. I just, no, I guess somehow something jarred it in my memory. And these things of like, just, it was interesting to think of like what sticks in your mind mm-hmm. at these different points. I, I have weird random memories like that where I still remember times when I um, like made my parents sad. Yeah. And it like made me so sad that I like remember it still. Totally. Like, I remember in kindergarten, I came home and I had a, we had done something. It was like around Thanksgiving, maybe. So it was like uh, pilgrims and Indians stuff we were doing. And it was like, remember those uh, tubs of oatmeal that were like a cardboard tube? Totally. And so we had some of those and we like made them into a drum, Uh decorated them as like an Indian's drum. Uh Because that's what you want to be. Yeah. You know, that's whatever. And uh, so I came back. Please please keep your opinions (laughs) to yourself, Mr. Tom. Okay. Anyway, you I just your... think it's funny that they teach you, like in school, like, and everyone was happy. The pilgrims and Indians were best friends. Nothing bad ever happened. And they all, you know, it's just, uh, it's funny. But I came in and I remember my dad going, What's in there? Like, is there oatmeal in it? And he probably wasn't even serious. He, he probably knew it was decorated like a drum. And I remember being like, No, it's a drum. And him being like, Oh. And I remember I felt so bad about that. Isn't that a weird? That's such a weird, yeah, super small weird. thing yeah. that is like burned in my memory. I don't know yeah. why, that, why those things happen. And you never know when or what's going to trigger it. Yeah. Do you ever think about that with your kids? Like, a hundred percent, I do. Them? Like, I just did something to them. They're going to remember. A hundred percent. The nice thing is, before. the nice thing is, all of them are young enough that yeah. they won't be. There won't be permanent memories of this, mm-hmm. <clears throat> which is nice because. Um, I'm basically not making any mistakes. I'm making less and less <laughs> mistakes each day. Yeah. So by the time they get older, I'll be essentially perfect. And none of I'll okay. never make a misstep. Okay. So well, that's I, nice. I also remember uh, another one, terrifying memory, where we, we were, my dad was a teacher. We didn't, you know, obviously didn't have, like, money. But we had these friends that had obviously. a jet ski. And, like, in, in that time, in that existence, in, like, the early 90s, in, like, yeah. Farmington and, like, the crappy part of Farmington, that was, like high roller status like you had a jet ski what and we went up to like pineview reservoir i'd never been in a real lake before even and my dad had probably never driven a jet ski before a ski do i guess right call it and so he it's me on the back and him and i'm like probably again in kindergarten and we're driving and i remember we're like flying and he just like turns the i don't have steering wheels but the the handlebars got it 
like 90 degrees abruptly and throws you and throws us both off going like 30 miles an hour and I fly into the water and get water up my nose and I think I'm drowning and stuff and it just terrified me and I remember my dad just laughing and I remember being being so like he did that on purpose and like so <laughs> mad and like terrified and stuff like that so you know you still have time to be doing things like that for your kids like, I do really like yeah. and then they'll be like yeah I remember this for my whole life yep Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah. well, so goosebumps. <laughs> so you didn't like being scared. I didn't, but, but I read, read this the book. books mm-hmm. out of peer pressure. But again, I don't think the book scared me a lot. I don't think, I think I could see the twist at the end. Mm-hmm. Like I, I saw those. Yeah. I mean, these books are so by the numbers. Like once totally. you had read one or two, it's like, oh, I get it. Like from what I remember of the other ones, it was always like a, a group of like, Four friends maximum, Max. no more than that. Yep. Many characters, they always had like a different hobby they did together. So I remember one, it was like, and they're always in like sixth grade, uh, and like one of them, they were they had a band, right? Which is like I don't know any groups of sixth graders that had like were in like a rock band together, but that was like I think they were running out at that point. Well, of like, rock bands like are really big do because I don't know if you remember, but when this girl comes into her eight year old brother's room. Mm-hmm. There's heavy metal music playing because, you know, oh, eight-year-olds. Yeah. Eight-year-olds love it. Eight-year-olds are like, do you know what I want to listen Iron to? Maiden. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, yeah, like, so so generally, yeah, the, the plots are very simplistic, right? Like something. But I, I think that that's the point. I guess starting off, mm-hmm. I think one of the things we found in the podcast, I think our novel idea was like, is it good? It's perfect for the age it's in. It's like formulaic. You need a yeah. formula. Yeah. It's right in your wheelhouse. There's not too many ideas that can convolute you. Yeah. Um, it's easy to read. But I'm wondering if it takes you down a road of like, you know, the, the choice at the end or, or the moral lesson or the idea mm-hmm. is so surface level. I wonder if it leads us Americans down kind of a less um, I, uh, I, I think, soul searching um, reading path. I don't know. I mean, I think I think you have to take into account the genre that it's doing. So it's horror. Right. right? So it's like horror uh generally like has a lot of like political you know like societal undertones like actual horror movies right but i think Do they, they realize yeah like oh, i didn't know that the whole because of the of, classic like, thing in friday 13 with all those high school kids that were burning janitors alive well, that's friday that was the that was the undertone is because in so many times in the 80s <laughs> you know high school kids no, would kill they, these, have, like, these janitors these moral undertones of like the mm. The, the final girl who survives to the end is the the virgin usually and the people the, the teens that get killed first are the ones who are having sex and so it's like this that, this that can't weird, be real no it is it's true it's Which, like in almost all those movies that's no. how it happens i've never i don't watch them again well but maybe but watch i can't them and no then, and then i won't i why would i do it? that <laughs> <laughs> i'll have it i'm an american and i get an opinion whether i've read it or not sir no but that's how a lot of those work and a lot of it is like kind of showing the you know, like the puritanical undertones of like our whole country, right? Of like, well, you did this sin, you get punished by being the first to die. That's so amazing. That's a lot of that's that, amazing that you think that, and I don't buy it. I, I it's not just that I think that. There's like many scholarly pa- papers. Been, there is no been way that there's a scholarly that. paper. You're gonna go through I'll like the journal, the journal of horror movies. No, don't you know there's a whole class of like useless media, uh, media studies All right, majors that they it. have to do their thesis on something, and so they and write so that's what they do it yeah. on. 
Uh, yeah, but okay, now I totally don't buy it because there's enough of those people who just have to fill pages and no, they no, make stuff up. No, no, it's true though, and I, I, it's it, it is a trope within horror movies, Benning, and it happens often enough that there, ha- I think there is something to it. All but right, even beyond that, like just think about like the zombie genre. Have you ever seen the original Night of the Living Dead? No. So that whole thing is about racism. The whole okay. movie is about racism. It's like these people get caught in a bar in like a farmhouse. Right. There's one black guy. Yeah. And, um, you know, the zombies, you could read that as like, you know, the, the lower class people who are just expendable. You could read it in a bunch of different ways. But what happens is they finally survive the night. So the okay. black guy is one of the only three people that survive. The cops finally show up and they're like, finally, the cops are out here, you know, and the, they, they go outside to greet the cops and be like, help us, you know, finally you're here. And they see the black guy and just shoot him immediately. What? And he dies. And that's how it ends. So you can't tell me that, like, and that's from the 60s. Like, that that's the, the whole basis of the zombie genre of movie. There's a lot of, like, wish fulfillment, end of the world stuff. But it also, the second movie in his series, which was uh, Dawn of the Dead, was, like, critiquing consumer culture because they go to a mall. So this is the point. is the, You're not saying all horror movies, like, this, 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 the movies that they just shovel out again and again and again. Because it's it's low budget, but a lot of people will go see them, so it's a moneymaker. Those aren't social commentary. No, I'm not saying every You're talking about one. this one guy who made movies with a social commentary idea on the back. So so that like that you're guy, taking the exception George and Romero, trying to prove the rule. Yeah, no, he did that, but but I would say a lot of the any horror movie that stood the test of time okay. that's a little more thoughtfully made, you could draw those lines where like it's, it, they, but that's because you're taking within. an art theme, but I don't think that that's what horror movies are. I think horror movies are, I think of, I watched the ring once. Okay. The ring. Go, go ahead. Yeah. That's what's the undertone there. Don't watch TV. No, get out of my <laughs> life. <laughs> I'm just saying that, um, horror movies in general, when they are good, they generally point. They they will reflect some facet of society and like amp that up. And, and so, do you think Goosebumps is doing that? Horror. No, I'm saying it isn't. That was my whole point. Is saying, I I was gonna say, kids are too young to even understand that. Like okay. draw any conclusions. So I'm saying it's it's horror. It's a genre that if it's elevated, can have some of that more interesting, thoughtful, thought provoking stuff. But because this is for six, you know, 12, 10 year olds. It is the sort of like base version of that, and there's nothing more to it. You know, it's like we read we read Animorphs, and it was trying to do something loftier. It was totally it was an anti-war message, and right. you know, it had a lot of stuff about class and society too, because it's like different societies of alien races and all that kind of stuff. I don't think Goosebumps does any any of that. I agree. Right, I think Goosebumps is supposed to just be a formulaic. It's just supposed to be fun and just kind of sk- just get some thrills and scares and like right. you know and and I think honestly for for me like you said the cover was the really interesting thing that sticks in your memory right I think I mostly selected which ones I read based and, on the and cover liked the concept of it because they had cool covers I liked the um, logo font logo typeface like uh-huh. where it was like dripping green ooze uh-huh. and it had a sort of um, little embossing on yep. it. And you could like feel it had little bumps, you know, goosebumps. Got it. <laughs> and uh, I loved that. Like as a kid, like I was into obviously I was into art and all that yeah. kind of stuff like that. And that that's like half the reason why I liked it. Right. So uh, interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, now that we've read it, do we want to go through the plot? So you had the main character. 
Yeah, I'm pulling up my notes. I'm sorry. I That's don't okay. Mean to, uh... You can go back on it. I was wondering if you were checking an email. No, I. I so yeah. So we, we have, have Carly Beth Caldwell. Carly Beth, who we're going to call with, CBC. A, a girl with two names. I don't know why they did that. Two names. Carly, Carly Beth. Beth. She is referred to as Carly Beth in and her entirety the entire time. No one calls her Carly. Yeah, no, like that's her full name is, is Carly, Carly Beth. Beth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she has um, another uh, one female friend. Sabrina. Sabrina. Best friend. Besties. Besties. And then she has these two asshole friends, Chuck and Steve. It's Chuck and Steve. My note I said was uh, no sixth graders, even in the year of our Lord, 1992 or whenever this came out, were ever named Chuck or Steve. This was R.L. Stein being like, I don't know what kids are named these days. Like, what, Chuck, Steve? They're actually, I remember George. reading the name, and then I looked back at my notes, and I named one Humbert, because it was such a adult name that I couldn't Steve. remember. I was like, Chuck, yeah. that's not a kid's name yeah. in the 90s. Yeah, and honestly, if you're going to be Chuck, that's a derivation of Charlie. Yeah, right? so he'd be Charles so or Charlie. you'd be yeah. Charlie. Yeah. No one's naming, yeah, in the, in the early 90s, and he's anything, Charlie. Steve, I guess I did... That's I guess Steve is a little different. I did go to school with a, one or two Steves. Yeah, Steve works. Steve, Steve Hughes. And... He tried to kill someone with his car and went to juvie. I remember that. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess the system works. <laughs> I mean, I guess, yeah, he's probably doing great now. Yeah. I'll look him up. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I do love I do love that it just worked right through it. I like that the very first page, someone gets a fruit roll-up and wads it up into a ball mm-hmm. and throws it in their mouth, which is a very 90s thing to do. Or, and it's just a very kid's thing to do. They're probably yeah. still doing that, right? Oh, I'd do it. Yeah. If I ate a fruit roll-up, I would imagine that's one way yeah, to consume there's it. Like, it's an opening scene in the cafeteria, and like um, I do feel like R.L. Stein probably went to a school and just like looked around and was like, look at these idiots. And he started writing down ideas. It's like, oh, that kid's eating a fruit roll-up, the whole thing all at once. The plot line pretty easily comes out, pretty soon comes out that she's just a scaredy cat. Like, she gets yes. startled, she gets scared all the time. Yeah, she's, like, notorious for and that. And everybody laughs at her, and mm-hmm. everybody can do a prank on her. Um, she's also very sensitive, which is normal. Mm-hmm. What's not normal, which I dislike, <laughs> is that everyone's laughing at her. Yeah. I'm fine with everyone laughing at her because I think that at that age, you think the world revolves around you. So you're like, well, why wouldn't everyone care what mm-hmm. happened to me? When in reality, everyone's just involved with themselves. So no yeah. one cares about anything that happened to you. Yeah. You think it matters and it doesn't. No, for sure. And and the thing with her is, yeah, she's like overly sensitive and, and a scaredy cat to the point where it like, that's like the biggest problem in her life. Like she's oh, just like. By far. And her friends know it. And I say friends. By you don't think Chuck and Steve are Chuck friends? And Steve, I mean, they say that they're friends of the book, but the only interactions they have is scaring them her. scaring her and then her being super pissed at them the entire book and hating them. So I don't really see how they're actually friends. I think that we jump right into it and we don't establish their. Well, that's fair. Okay, whatever. But the the, th- the main prank that they do to her. The worm in the sandwich terrible. is not a good prank. Like, that's a I, rude. That's not a friend thing. That to do. is like something you would do and you would get expelled. Yeah. Like if you're in elementary school. So they, yeah, they give her a sandwich. A turkey sandwich with, a, with no mayo. An actual earthworm in with it. With an earthworm. And she spits it out and like is really. Which scared. I would say this, that's not to be scared. That goes, that goes back to your theory that they're rude. Yeah. Not the theory that they love to scare her because that's just a rude thing to do. They scare her in other ways too. They like just say boo or something and she yells. Like every single, almost every single chapter, I mean, in all Goosebumps book, they always, every chapter ends with like a weird cliffhanger or something. Right. But in this book, the first five chapters, it's like her screaming, like a jump scare, like something happens and then it's like, 
Carly Beth screamed, and then that's the yeah. end of the chapter. You know, it's like yeah. got extremely repetitive and annoying, right. and I kind of hated that part. Well, that's because uh, there was a time when I guess two pages of a chapter would be a lot for you, <laughs> whereas now, yeah, um, you just ran right through it. Like I'm it, reading Dune right now, and I'm so really used to like just like having just insane uh, passages of like all these names of like people I don't know who they're talking about, and I'm like parsing through it. Have you ever read Dune? No. You should read Dune. It's good. Okay. I mean, but it's very dense in terms of uh, names and places and weird words and, yeah. you know, stuff like that. No, I've never read Dune. Have you ever wanted to read it? Never. Really? I've never Even felt a desire. Even with the new movie going to come out with it, directed by the amazing Denis Villeneuve. No. Villeneuve? No. What's his no. name? Villeneuve. I don't know. Anyway, he's great. He did the new the Blade Runner reboot. Have you seen that? No. I don't know why I try to talk movies with you. (laughs) I don't know why you do either. I don't. And I'm also the grumpiest person to watch movies with. Yeah. Like I'm not a fun person to watch movies with. You should watch the the new Blade Runner, though. It's gorgeously shot. I'll look into it. But that's another issue that we had even years and years ago when we were living together is you care about the visuals. Mm -hmm. And those are less important to me. Yeah. Okay. You're more into the... It's like when you watch Drive. You wanted me to watch Drive. Yeah. For the cinematography. Yeah. And I was like, hmm, okay. Well, you don't, you don't appreciate movies where the main character like says like 10 lines? It's I like, don't. It's like a tone poem, basically. Yeah, you I don't. don't. Like that? No, no, I don't. Um, <laughs> what I do appreciate, though, is yeah. that Carly Beth chews the earthworm, goes to her mom, can't tell her. Yeah, she's kay. so embarrassed. She goes home. It's Halloween mm-hmm. Eve, well, yes. much like today. Wait, is today the 30th or 29th? 29th. Okay. Well, it's like Halloween Eve Eve. Like Halloween's right around the corner. There's yeah. a science fair. Uh-huh. Because everyone, every elementary school is like, hey, do you know what we're going to do instead of <laughs> Halloween parties? A science a fair. A science fair. Yeah, that didn't make sense. I guess I didn't put those together. So I guess somebody yeah. had a tarantula yeah. that got lost. They pinch her leg. Doesn't matter. The point is she's a scaredy cat. Yeah. She's also very resentful of this. Mm-hmm. And her mom wants her to be a duck for Halloween. Her mom's also very loving. Yes. And gets her the duck costume based on a word, a whim. And for some reason, which I think they try to make loving, but it's still really weird, um, does a full-blown sculpture of her face. I, yeah, I just assumed it was like the mom, it's like she's taking classic art Your mom's taking art classes, community college. wants to do something yeah. she loves, so sculpts a plaster of Paris uh, head of, of her daughter. And, and they make a big deal about how it's so uh, realistic. Right, it's lifelike. Which I don't believe. No. No, it would not be at realistic, all. no. But that was the argument. Yes. Because no one's going to the third level art class at the museum and coming out with a, a you know, a plaster of Paris that, of your yeah. head. Yeah, well, it, like not, the texture of it alone, it would right. not look like a, a head. But whatever. you know what? We'll give R.L. Stein this one for the plot moving along. Yeah. The mom has made one and she's like, why don't you love this? But the kid can only think of the worm she ate so she can't appreciate yeah, she's she's too rude. distraught. Yeah. She's too distraught. She's 10, whatever. She just wants revenge on Steve and uh, Randy. What's his name? <laughs> right. Stephen Humbert. Humbert? Yeah. yeah. She just hates them. Like, it, like she's just like seething with rage. Like, she, she is. She's very mad. And uh, So she wants to scare him. Yeah. She wants to get a mask. Mm-hmm. So she goes and she gets her life savings, $30. Mm-hmm. I wrote down this joke. Tell me if it's good. I said life savings, 30 bucks, which would be like $250 now with inflation. <laughs> Okay, I got a giggle. I'll I give guess, it. Uh, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I just wrote it. I thought that's I, fine. What I would have said, this is 90 to say, think of how many pogs you could have bought for $30. That's good. I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah. 
solid brass slammer with yeah, a holographic eye on yep, it. You, you could have. get really good one. Boy, whoever made Pogs was like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get cardboard rounds. So and they're like, they hated all kids. They're just like, we, we, we have such contempt for children. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so they go through. Um, she takes her 30 bucks down to the store. Store's closed. She knocks on the door. Yes. Guy comes out in a cape for some reason. Because it's, ha- it's Halloween, and he, he has a mask shot. I thought the whole point was that it wasn't Halloween. It's like the weird the fact that he's weird. And he looks well, like... It, they describe him, and they make him sound like... Um, what's his name? Yeah, uh, say the name. I looked for him. I tried to Google him. The guy with the thin mustache yeah. makes like the really campy movies. You know, or, yeah, or, I know exactly what you're talking waters, about. Waters? Something Waters? I oh, yeah. Uh-huh. But, yeah, Waters was the guy who came up in my Google search. Yeah. But I don't think that was his. Wasn't or there Vincent like Vincent Price? Maybe? That's who I was thinking oh, okay, of. Vincent yeah. Price or like somebody like Vincent Price mm-hmm. is who he's supposed to look like. Like a spooky, thin tall mustache, thing. Yeah. yeah, type of a thing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Come in, little girl," and then closes the door after. Like, which is a really sketchy situation. <laughs> well, at first it's like it, it, I'm closed, and then she's like, "I need a mask." She summoned all of her courage to be like, "No, I need it." Yeah. And then he has all these masks, and and she's like, "Not scary enough," and it's like just normal, like. Yeah. A gorilla and a, a lion. And, and a Star I, Trek character. Star Trek, right. Yeah. And she's like, not scary enough. So then she finds a back room. Full of lifelike masks. Mm-hmm. She goes around and she finds the perfect one. And I want to point this out, though. They She describes a bunch of the masks in this room, and one of them is like an insect head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which then, later on... I, just no, remember don't, that. Just, just remember, remember the insect head. Like Please don't insect. get ahead. Okay, I won't. We've got to get through this entire plot. <laughs> she sees a green Give one. Give us three more minutes. She sees a green one with uh, with uh, red eyes and fangs yeah. and whatever, which is the, the image from the thing, famous uh-huh. image. Okay. Yeah. So then she put, she wants that. The guy, this is the weirdest this interaction. Is weird, yeah. When the guy comes in and is like, Too oh, scary. you weren't supposed to see this room. And she's all, no, I want this mask. And mm-hmm. she's 10 and he's an adult. Yeah. And he's all, no, I won't sell these to you. And she's like, no, I really want it. And he's well, like, and nope. And she's, well, like, she's like, oh, why? but I really want She's to. like, why? And he's like, they're too, too scary. scary. Does he keep saying that? Mm-hmm. Too scary. That's not a good, uh, she just asked you for the most scary mask. That's just a way of making her want it. Do you know what you could have said? Do you know what you could have said? Oh, these are real masks that'll uh, become you. Or just say, these masks are $100. How much do you have? 30? Yeah. Get out like of dissuading here. the little girl yeah. is easy. <laughs> Like, yeah. he didn't try not to sell it to her. He tried like a moron not to sell it to her. He wanted to. Yeah, clearly he wanted to. Yeah, he's and a, I'm, I'm bothered, I'm bothered that later on he tries to come out and pretend like he's like, I didn't want to sell you this. Yeah, like, I'm not okay with that because you, you wanted to. You knew it exactly what you were yeah, doing. You yeah, creep. you creep. Yeah. So anyway, he sells this little girl this mask. She runs home. The full $30, by the way. Yeah, he takes all her money. <laughs> like, if you're going to give her a haunted mask, just give it to her for free. You're already dooming her. Yeah. Like, why do you got to get 30 bucks? Anyways. I mean, 30 bucks. I guess that keeps him... <laughs> solvent <laughs> to do his... His, his overhead. Uh, he pays it for a day, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, she goes home, scares her little brother, and the mask, the mask takes on a life of its own early, and it puts a very deep voice. Yeah, it's like a deep, growly, gravelly voice. And so, so the brother's super scared because he really doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, and he's eight, mm-hmm. and he's like, um, okay. And then she laughs, takes off the mask, which is hard to do. She's like, yeah, they, they, they kind of give it away. I think they shouldn't have done this. They, they basically say she can't take it off at first, and she yeah. starts to get a little afraid, Yeah, and then she's able to take it off. I think right. they should have just saved that for the end because then there was no surprise when she can't take it off later. Right. But, you know, who no, might, I thought that who was might good. give writing advice to the 
great R.L. Stein. R.L. Stein, who is laughing at us in his mansion right now, anyways. <laughs> I, by the way, R.L. Stein listens to these. Donald J. and R.L. Stein. <laughs> they actually get together to listen to them. <laughs> Do it like, together. They like, come on over. They like set up their armchairs. And, <laughs> They're probably the same age. They probably are. He's probably really old. Yeah, I don't know. Right. Who knows? Anyway. Well, what what happens is she she goes on. She loves the scary mask. Mm-hmm. She doesn't get freaked out at all that it stuck to her head. Yeah. And changed her voice uh, because she has one goal. Her one goal is to scare mm-hmm. uh, Chuck and Hubert. Yes. Right. She's going to get them. Yeah. Let's go. So she goes out and uh, I don't know. The rest of it's kind of. It's the longest part and also the yeah. most boring, which is she, it's basically Halloween night. You say mm-hmm. whatever. She, she takes she takes the head. Yes. And puts it on a on like a broomstick, the the head her mom made. So the idea is that like she's carrying her own head, and the monster cut her head off, and that's right. how she's gonna scare people. She scares her friend Sabrina. She scares two little strangers, two kids, and like steals their candy and later. yells at the mom. Yeah, she the mask not only changes her voice; it's like making her. Uh, changing her behavior. She's becoming her, much more aggressive. Like the mask person. is really into stealing candy. The mask <laughs> yeah. really loves the fact that you uh, steal candy from people. Yeah. Um, so she steals candy from everyone. She becomes kind of a monster. She's running around howling at the moon. She splits up from Sabrina as they go trick-or-treating. Mm-hmm. She takes apples from a person and throws it back at their house <laughs> because how dare you give me an apple? That's like the most evil thing she does, basically, yep, is throw basically. an apple at a house. It's kind of like in Spider-Man 3 when he Peter Parker becomes evil. <laughs> yes. But the evil thing he does is like... Um, wear eyeliner and like do a dance number. It's <laughs> yeah. like, how is he evil right now? He like slaps a girl's butt. Maybe I don't know what he does. But yeah, her version of evil is just like scaring, like yelling at people. And anyway, an apple. so she's out there. She finally meets uh, Chuck and Steve, mm-hmm. and she scares them to death. Steals their candy. Yeah, they really get freaked. And out. they're like, "What have you done? Is that you? Mm-hmm. Is that you? What's her name?" Mary Beth? Carly Beth. Is that you, Carly Beth? And she's all, I killed Carly Beth. This is her head. (laughs) And you're next if you don't give me your candy. So they give him the candy and run away. Mm -hmm. Because that's what what you get when you're scared. Yep. So she wins. She feels great. Mm -hmm. And then we have a real problem. Yeah. They go home to count the candy. And they're the counting mask. the candy, and, and her friend's like, why don't you take this mask off? She's like, okay. And she tries to take it off. This is, I think this is the part, literally, that I can This one's pretty good. As a kid was, she goes to take it off, and it's like the line on the, her neck between where the mask was and her skin is just smooth, where it's just like part of her face. Now. Like, it is her face Right. Now. And just like the visceral idea of that, to yeah. me, freaked me out. Yeah, that's know? good. I, I'd like, say that's pretty they, good. They, they also describe the mask like it's like warm. It feels like human skin. It doesn't feel like rubber. You know, like it's there's a lot of kind of details about stuff like that. So her friend's like saying, you know, I'll help you. I can cut it off, you know. And she starts to panic. She freaks out and she runs out of their her friend's house and runs back to the mask shop. Slams on the door and the guy's like, oh, I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> He's like, yeah, you knew yeah, it was going to happen. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. And he's changed into a suit now mm-hmm. for some reason. Yeah, this is um, his normal. And it turns guess. out, I guess, that he is running a laboratory and he this, makes heads. This is the part to me that <laughs> I, I wrote down in my notes. I was like, this, 
Like, I don't, I don't care that these plots are simplistic and stuff, but they have to, like, make some sort of sense. Yeah. This part made no <laughs> I sense I loved it. To me. I just love the idea. So, basically, she's it's living like, in the I suburbs. these heads. Like she's she's, she's living in the suburbs, and it's, like, four blocks away. She's, like, a, a mass shop. Those things happen. Like, you don't have a year-round party shop in the middle of the suburbs, like, in the middle of a cul-de-sac. The, the only thing I can think of is in uh, in Leighton, there's a costume shop that will go right. all year long. But that's where like kids would get their costumes for like school plays. Right. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't exist. It's so 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 this exists. He's this yeah. creepy guy who owns it. No one even questions it. He's mm-hmm. there forever. But he also is a laboratory worker who makes creations. Like that's like is the storefront yeah. like why isn't he a crazy scientist? <laughs> why well, and the why does he they... spend his extra time running a costume shop but that the... he clearly hates? Because when she shows up the mm-hmm. first time, he's like I don't know what I have, a gorilla mask? Look around, lady. I don't give a... Like, who cares? Yeah, he seems very disinterested. Like, he could give less. Yeah. So, I don't know what his deal is. Why does he keep it as a front? Why not just make your weird masks? Yeah, also, the the way he describes what he does also was so confusing to me where he's like, he says he created them or that he took other heads and, like, brought them to life. But these are the unloved ones? like, And they're unloved. That's why he's like, I call them the unloved. But then one of them, like I said before, was an insect head. Yeah. So did he make that? Like, how did he get a, a giant insect head? Because then did he, he hope? Did he hope that that one would be loved? I, I don't know what he's hoping <laughs> so for. So she she goes into that, but he they take he takes her back into that room. Right. And they don't mention the insect head because I think again that was probably an oversight. <laughs> uh, and he's like, you know, saying that they're alive still and that they're cursed. Also, yeah. and that if you put them on, they will just become your face. But there is like a and she. Hole. I just love this when she's like, "Why didn't you tell me this? Why did you just say too scary? <laughs> you know, you could have told me all of this before. Like, like, why? I tried to tell. I tr- I didn't want you to buy it. And, I and you're like, you. no. Do you know what you do to dissuade me? Mm-hmm. Tell me that they'll become my real face. How about that? Yeah, exactly. So. He says that there's a loophole that you can remove it. It's very vague with a object of yeah and she goes love. what does that mean and he goes yeah. i can't say anything else and you're like why why, why can't you, you just help me why? yeah it's, again <laughs> i don't get it Ar- this, this is when rl stein is just like uh like art writer's blog doesn't exist to him because who cares you just make stuff up yeah because the kids they're already scared at this point yeah. they're not gonna like poke holes in it and then this is the part that bugged me and i started writing notes about it before I even got to what actually happens is the heads at this point are like alive. waking up. They're waking up. They're like moving and growling. And, and he's like, get moving. out. You they're scared. Yeah. You. And he's like, get out. And I'm, I wrote down in my notes. I was like, get out. Like, what are they going to do? Chase her. And then <laughs> they chase keep her reading and it's the, they start floating yeah. and, and follow her. So again, it's not just a science thing. It has to be a supernatural element. to right. this Cause how are they floating? They like form a mob in the air. Yeah. And just start chasing her, and she runs out. I guess that's part of being in love. I don't know. Yeah, that they have flotation powers. I don't know. <laughs> so she runs out. <laughs> she goes and finds the head because her mom made the head in love. I mean, you can see that from a mile away yeah, when you're yeah. 30. Right? <laughs> uh, but you go ahead, and she finds the head. It's, like, lost, whatever. She puts it on over the mask. Which also is, like, it was that big that she was able to put on over two other layers of her actual face and then a mask layer and then putting this on Yeah, I mean, I guess. Yeah. So she was three layers deep at this point. <laughs> but then the mask will come off, but there's a caveat, yes. which is the moment you take it off, 
then anytime, then anytime anyone else puts anyone it on, puts it on, it will be permanent. their skin permanently. Again, did he make these rules, like, or did where he just did like discover them? How did or, he know what the yeah, rules? Yeah, exactly. Did these happen all the time? And this is the first time he's like, "Well, I guess you're cursed." Maybe his face, that's like an ugly, like with a thin mustache, <laughs> it's actually a mask, an unloved mask that he put on, and he knows he took yeah. it off once, and he's like, "Oh, I can just take this off with an object of love." <laughs> and then, and he, then put he put it back, it back on. on, and he said, he's never "Doesn't taken work it again." He said, "Oh, okay, these are the rules. Now I know. I just." <laughs> Like he's all, can I tell anyone? No, nope. can't. Oh. But <laughs> it reminds me of of Willy Wonka, mm-hmm. where people like make these mistakes, and Willy Wonka's like, "Hey, don't!" And then they keep doing it. And he's like, "Don't!" Yeah, he and then he, he really and then he like lets them die, and yeah. you're like, "You could have done a little more." And he's all, "I said, don't." He's like, "Stop! Don't do that!" Yeah, we're, <laughs> it, that's the best part of that movie. Yeah. Like, Wait, don't. Yeah, whatever yeah. he says. Yeah. So. Uh, so she gets it off, and she's so relieved, and she's like, man. This she's happy. She apologizes to her mom, mm-hmm. and then her little brother puts the mask on. Yeah, the last line of the book is like her little brother busting in saying, look at the mask, you know, and then it just yeah. ends. And so you're supposed to be like, oh, no, you know, like yeah. that is the uh, the final jump scare. Right. Just good. That's good for a. I think it's pretty good. It also concept. makes me really sad for the little brother. Yeah, I mean, they probably just had to cut his head off, right? What what did they try to do at that point? Well, I guess you just li- let him live in the wild and become a monster. <laughs> Maybe he goes back and just lives in that, that shop and sells masks. <laughs> yeah. That's the only place he'd be <laughs> loved, right? Yeah. Like he has to be there. Yeah. I don't know. Well, so that's the story. I made these monstrosities. They're unloved. I don't understand why. How did he make them? It doesn't make sense. Why do they float? Yeah, it doesn't. I, I mean, doesn't that doesn't matter? I guess, but that's the part that bothered me. Yeah. As a oh, because it's person. ridiculous. Yeah, but it was scary. Yeah. I, here's what I will say: the good parts about it. I thought the tone. I thought setting, it was all great. The tone, like it sets of like describing the weather and the sort of feel of a Halloween night was very Good. true to okay. like my experience of like, I give you that there's crispness in the air. There's the dead leaves, the smells and sounds like it's a little more descriptive than I would have thought. And you would have remembered that, that I would have mm. remembered. Yeah. So it's like, it does conjure up that you okay. know sort of feeling of like Halloween when you're a kid and you're excited to go trick or treating and all that stuff. So, right. uh, I think that was good. You know, the, it's just straightforward, like horror, like body horror, where it's like, you know, something's happened to your body and you can't, you can't control, control it. it. And yep. That's like a very primal <clears throat> fear people have, yeah. right? So I, I think, think it has to do with racism. Because <laughs> it's anti well, hold on. masks. We, we are going to draw a line to, from this to like a societal issue, right? So right. Or maybe it could deal with um, probably a consumer culture, which is why she had to buy the mask. Yeah, she have spent her life savings on it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, and and in the end, she's unfulfilled. And what exactly, she no, she money. To- no money, no money, no happiness, over. and her brother has to be a monster for the rest of her life. Yeah, uh, a monster. Maybe that's a metaphor for him buying fully into the capitalist system. Yeah, exactly. He ceases being like a real person anymore, and he's just a capitalist monster. Oh my god, that's what I think. So it makes sense to me. Yeah. I don't know why she doesn't take the mask off and just leave it on the ground. Like, why does she have to go home to take it off? Uh, well, she no, she takes it off. As far as I remember, she took it off out in the. Out then why the does street. she bring it home with her? That's see, yes, that is the part that doesn't make sense. She did bring it home with her and just like threw it in her room, 
and that's where he found it. Or she just threw it on the floor. Or something. Yeah. Maybe why she's you tan just, and like, makes bad choices. Why wouldn't you burn it or like try to like, you know, it's alive, like try to like smash it with a hammer or something. Yeah. Like, I would try to destroy it if it, if it were me. Yeah. And it, it had, you know, bound itself to my face and terrified me. Yeah. I would try to kill it with fire. Yeah, that makes sense. But she didn't because she's scared. No. But what I want to know is... Not Carly Beth. Her character arc, right? Right. <laughs> did she... Is there a did character she, arc? Is she better now? Is she unscared? Yeah, did, like, did that like help her in some way? I don't think it is. See, that would be the different one. Like You have to end it on the scare that her brother now is a different problem. Like mm-hmm. That's the end. Yeah. We don't know what her character's like because that's yeah. not the nature of the books i just think you know it's 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 uh you know fiction writing 101 is you want to give every important character an arc right so there was no resolution to her arc at all so stein when you're listening to these just remember (laughs) if you want to write an addendum i don't think it's too late yeah uh i just want to mention this this one like i said was popular yes uh and there were like two sequels to it oh really and neither of which i've read but well, there were two more books. Now and, I'm. And I think now it, I want to know about them. I know, and what I wonder is, I should have looked up just like plot summaries of them. But I wonder, does it expand the lore of like the shopkeeper slash mad scientist? I hope so. Is it is it the same haunted mask? Uh, did it somehow come off of her brother, and now it's onto someone else? If like, that's what the is case, the then that's fine. Yeah, let the family like move to Chicago where the dad is, and uh, you <laughs> know, live a new life. Did they say that. No, I think he's on like a business trip. Oh, okay. You know. I don't remember that yeah. part. But. Well, yeah, she gets a phone call from the dad because she's leaving. And instead of putting on her duck costume that the mom bought her, she's done this scary oh, mask. Oh, and that's how she sneaks and out. She sneaks out because mm-hmm. her mother's like, oh, I got to get this phone call from your dad. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, to summarize my thoughts. To summarize my thoughts, I'm pretty it. happy now that I just recited that. I'm happy that my. Short-term memory and um, long-term memory won't retain this for forever, and that it can be pushed out for other more important information. Yeah, I've already forgotten. And that the synapses and that the synapses in my brain will go to to more important matters. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I I think it just in as a whole, I think Goosebumps books, Goosebumps books are fine for kids. They're Goosebumps's books. They're they're whatever. They're books. By the way, have you seen the movie with Jack Black? Of Goosebumps? Yeah. I didn't know it existed. They've made two of them. Of course they have. Why wouldn't they? And it's pretty weird. I watched... Man, R.L. Stein's worth so much. Well, I want, know, can I look up R.L. Stein net worth? That's probably like... Would that bother you? hundred million. Do you know what's funny, though, is uh, he... I bet he wrote this story idea for the movie. Do you know what the movie is about? No. It. They cast Jack Black as R.L. Stein. Okay. This he, he is playing R.L. Stein. hundred million dollars that's pretty good what a boss pretty good but um so he's in the movie as born in 1943 which by the way makes him he's old as hell 80 no that math is wrong 76 77 yeah him and trump just like i said it same age same everything um but yeah but he's played by jack black and basically the idea is that in the universe of these movies like R.L. Stein is a real author and okay. he's written all these books and then something happens supernaturally. I don't remember. Okay. And these kids do something in his, in his mansion to where all the monsters from the books start coming into the real world. So like the scary ventriloquist is real and like right. terrorizing everybody. And they have to like a figure out a way to get him back into the books. Maybe I don't remember. Interesting. But yeah, there's movies too. So 
Is it a scary? Because Jack Black, is he in a scary thing? Or like, is it like a kid's scary? I think it's like a kid's scary, like um, comedy, action comedy horror hybrid for kids, you know? Mm -hmm. Similar to what the books are. Like Shaun of the Dead. The books aren't particularly funny, though. No, they're not. So, they're they're supposed to be scary. Yeah, I think that he hit a great niche, which is he was like, "Hey, people like to be scared. I bet kids also like to be scared. So I have to write something yeah. that can scare kids, but not too much." Well, I would right in their wheelhouse. This, though, with like, I think kids love even more being like actually scared by like really scary stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? And I'll say this as an example: that book, "Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark." Yes, that has like terrifying. Um, illustrations that that like starred yes. every kid mm-hmm. and that's why they like the book but also the stories were a lot had a d- darker edge to them and were did. i think a lot scarier they really and did and that's the book that i remember way more than any goosebumps book totally and i think it's because it actually was like truly scary right so i think in, in a lot of these things it's like kids people um you know they're like well it's for kids and they try to dumb stuff down make like a half version of something clearly kids liked the goosebumps books because they were so successful but i also think the truly memorable stuff that really freaks kids out is like actual scary things that would also kind of creep adults out all right i'll give you that. that's a good point because even going back to movies like Willy Wonka, what's the part everyone remembers from that movie? The part where he trips, he comes in and he he uh, leaves his cane, okay. and then he has to do a okay, cartwheel. Okay, maybe there's two parts. What's okay. the what's the scary the, part? The part that everyone, everyone remembers, remembers is when uh, Uncle whoever wakes up and decides to go to the chocolate factory, and all of a sudden it's no longer bedridden. <laughs> yeah, he decides. Uh, this is a well-known thing. <laughs> Wait that a minute. Pissed uh, at him uh, that he doesn't work ever, but then he's <laughs> a chance to go to a free chocolate factory. And all, he's all now of a sudden he can dancing. Walk and he's not bedridden. And he's anyway. dancing. Yeah. Um, I also think that is really important that stuck with me about Willy Wonka is that uh, he feels bad about tobacco. He's like, I can't smoke when a loaf of bread is a feast for my family. I also distinctly remember that this movie was supposed to be set in like the seventies, but the woman is still washing clothes as a job with a giant spatula in a <laughs> vat of boiling water. Yeah. It, I also think the scary the, thing the that happens that. is when Veruca salt falls down the bad egg. Mm-hmm. That's a scary part that everyone remembers. Are you talking about Augusta Gloop? No, I'm talking about the boat ride where I think for everything, everything, oh, everything yeah, goes scary part. Everything goes all psychedelic <laughs> and he starts reciting this crazy poem. And I was wondering like, how many things I could list about the movie. It's actually freaky and scary even today. If you watch that, you're like, whoa, what is what is going on? It's totally. like magnitude, orders of magnitude like weirder and darker than any of those other scenes that you even just mentioned, which are also kind of scary. And right. like, kind of creepy. No, they're all uh, okay. None of what I mentioned was creepy. You don't think that the... That her doing laundry was creepy? I don't. No, I, uh, well, I thought that was an interesting But I'm like, who's living in the 70s? Setting-wise, like, it seems like that was set... What was Europe like in the 70s? In like, weird, what was it really well, you like? You know what's also funny is, like, that is technically set in the U.S. Because oh. they're Americans, right? They have American accents. But it looks like Bolivia or Bulgaria or something. I don't think it because was. they shot it. I don't think in it was Europe. in the U.S. I think it's European. Well, then why does Charlie not have a British accent, and why is all his all his old family Americans? Oh, I guess you're right. No, it was like no, you're right. A, it's like supposed to be like in the suburbs of like New Jersey or something. But it looks so European because they but shot it in Europe. But their teacher's British. Charlie's. The can Mr. Slugworth is like vaguely Whoa. European. <laughs> Sorry, something like 
My dog I thought Mr. Slugworth was coming through. Yeah, your dog jumped at the door, and, and I went, "Whoa!" Out. I saw a mask. Was that moment me. just now scarier than reading the book, The Haunted Mask? Definitely. Oh well, there you go. Yeah. Well, I'm just trying to say that kids actually want to be scared by actual scary things. That's I'll all agree. I'm trying to say. That's what will really stick with them and scar them for life. Yeah. Do you feel like when I got startled and you laughed at me, you were basically what you hated because you hated Chuck and Steve? And so um, that you became that. Like, no, are because, we really friends? Because Chuck and Steve were, are the, we really were friends? the perpetrators of the scare. I was just reacting to something that happened. Would you feed me a worm and laugh at me afterwards? Never. I would never. It, it, never would only, to anyone, right? That's to such my, a thing. Only to my enemy, which I don't have any. <laughs> Who I, no, that's terrible. Yeah, that's a really rude thing to do. Like, the closest that's th- the thing is it's not scary. It's just a rude thing to do. Yeah, the closest anything to anything like that I can remember in elementary school is one time we were actually dissecting worms. Did you do that? Yeah. And someone dared a kid to lick the worm, and he did it. And it was just like, wow, that's gross. Can't believe he did that. But he yeah. didn't eat it. No. And no one forced him to. It was a, it was the result of a dare. So, yeah. You know. Who knows? Yeah. Well, I think we've talked enough about goosebumps. No, I, I think it's great. I think it also is the perfect example of what we found out for the last five, which is you'd never read it now. Mm-hmm. Great for 10-year-olds. Well, for what it's designed for. And, and can I go back to our and last... And good job, R.L. Stein, for making $200 million. Can I go back to our last Halloween episode, uh, which was the Ernest yes. movie? Mm-hmm. And um, I'll just say this: I'm dressing up as Ernest for Halloween the, for Halloween this year. Yes, and it's so a I've good been costume. rewatching Ernest movies. Okay, and I have to say, I think some of them are good, <laughs> like legitimately good. Well, in certain ways, and I have to say that like Jim Varney himself is just so locked in, and like it's such an indelible character, yeah, and such a weird phenomenon of like how he it came about of like yes. he was like you know, this weird commercial pitch man that became like uh-huh. a, a phenomenon that I just think it'll never happen again, something like that. Right. And it gives me an appreciation for it. Right. And also, I've noticed because I went to a family party dressed as Ernest, no one under the age of uh, 30 even knew who he was. Why would you? And it blew my mind that he has really fallen... <laughs> Out of this, the the consciousness of of our of the public. Well, consumer capitalism just needs you to me keep out. consuming. Jim Barney, rest in peace. Like yeah. he, like no one even knows about this. But you know what? I think that is is like some of the great ideas. Like when I was a kid, we used to watch Laurel and Hardy and Abbott and Costello movies, mm-hmm. and those guys are legitimately like universally funny. That's why they were yeah. such huge. But no one would know who they are, no. and they will continue to fall away. True. You know? Yeah. Only like weirdo like old old movie like aficionados like, and yeah. stuff will actually but care. then they'll watch but people like will love this new stuff that comes out that's like marginal at best but what i'm what i what i wonder is and this is my question to you should the estate of jim varney or, or like should the, whoever owns those rights like don cherry whoever the yeah. director was uh-huh. should they try to do something some sort of remake the movie with jack black yes. oh. or some i don't know if you can that's the thing is like it's so based on him that yeah. like I don't know how you could like remake that, but maybe is there a way to like bring bring him back somehow to kind of like remind people, <laughs> like an animated maybe someone can yeah. just maybe someone can just like do his voice yeah and they could do like an animated version. What do you think of that? Yeah, that could work. I don't think anyone will watch it, but yeah, I'd watch it. Okay, 
Miak. It could be a whole thing. Just it would be called Miak. <laughs> I like that. But uh, it just makes me sad. I don't know what it is about it, but it makes me sad. Because you loved him. Because you have grown to love him, and you love his story. Yeah. He's the story of America. You love it. Uh-huh. And he's also the story of America in the fact that he smokes himself to death. True. So The story of the, the 60s through the 90s in yeah. America of people n- yeah. not caring that they get lung cancer. Right. And so um, so anyway, yeah, he's kind of the story of this, this sort of rise. Um, it's, it's a great story, and he just works really hard and becomes successful and brings joy to everyone and then is forgotten. Yeah. Because you just have to keep moving on because you change because we change so rapidly. Well, yeah, I guess so. <sighs> right. Well, that's all I wanted to say about Ernest. I just want to I just want I just want people to talk about him. I just don't want him to be forgotten. Oh, How do we start the conversation? <laughs> what do we do? Should I should I pull out my political signs and, and replace them with like uh, yeah, Save Ernest, like mm-hmm. remember Ernest, Miak, yeah. uh Haven? The thing where it goes, jaw back and forth. The old lady, the drill sergeant, the his characters. Lady. Yeah, I love those characters. Uh, Just great stuff. You know what I want to do this Christmas? Okay. Is watch uh, Ernest Saves Christmas okay. as a family. Yeah. Which is just me and my idea. wife and my dogs. We're a yeah. small family, uh-huh. but um, but I don't think she'd like it. She wouldn't. Um, she's, she's too under, young. She's too young. She's under 30 still. Yeah, exactly. That is like a hard cutoff. I truly believe no one under 30 even really knows about him. Okay, listeners, if you're under 30 <laughs> and you've heard of Ernest, write us a letter uh, for a cash prize. Write us an email. It's, Listen, um, first come, first serve. I know that there's going to be lots of you tweet writing. Tweet at us at the Flashback Pod, um, and we'll give yeah. you... You know what I'll give you? I'll, I'll donate my um, Wrangler, Wrangler vest, denim vest that I bought especially to be, be earnest, and yeah. um, we'll give that as a prize. All right, so let's get to the recommendations portion of the podcast. Okay, well, okay let's jump right you into it. You said you had something. I did. Were you lying? No. Okay. Have well, you ever seen the Eric Andre show? Yes. That was my recommendation. He's a, a master of absurdist and confrontational So I will say this. Comedy. I love the absurdist, and I like some of the confrontational. I think that... And I've always liked the people who push the boundaries of it, mm-hmm. which he does. Yeah. There are some things where I look at it and I think, this is genius. Like, this is a genius thing to do. Yeah. And then other ones where I'm like, all right, you're dumb. Like, this is too much. <laughs> like, stop breaking this. Yeah. Like, you're just being gross for gross's sake. Yeah, there's a lot of just, like, gross out, like, dumb. dumb but on the stuff. other hand, he does things that are so genius. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I'm mostly struck. There's a scene where he has scary spice on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Spice Girls are all about girl power. They really start the girl power movement, yeah. right? Yeah, I guess. That's the, that's the narrative I've heard. Yeah. Anyway, so so he he has her on, and he goes, you still... You still talking about girl power? And she's all, of course we are. And he goes, did Margaret Thatcher have girl power? <laughs> have you seen this? I don't and, think she goes, seen and she goes, of course she did. He goes, do you think she uh, appropriately utilized girl power when she funneled money into Northern Ireland terrorist organizations? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, well, I don't know about that. And it just made me laugh because it's the best line of questioning. So he'll like he'll say he'll misappropriate a racist tweet. He'll a quote to someone old. Mm-hmm. Like he'll be like John Wayne said this racist thing, and then he'll be like, "Why did you retweet that?" <laughs> people will be like, "I didn't." Well, that's what I don't say. I don't. I don't know what to tell you. It's funny to me that it's like really good. that show it wasn't on for that long. I don't know how many seasons. Four, five. But they're short seasons, right? And um. 
like I think it mostly lives on in like memes. I see it all the time. Totally, like whack. He like it's like he is like shooting someone, and he's like, "Why would you yes. do that?" Uh-huh. Like, there's a lot of like very like templates where people will like apply right. it to memes and stuff. Or the why would you say something so so brave, controversial. controversial yet so brave? Right. And, or the one where he's like at the gates of the White House with Vince, and he's like, "Let, <laughs> Let me, me in. in." Yeah. Like he's so ridiculous. He's funny. <laughs> it's I, good. I like it. And yeah. I, Hannibal Burris plays a great Hannibal's so good sidekick because yeah. Hannibal's already hilarious. You got me on His to Hannibal. Deadpan. Yeah, he's so good. Originally with the pickle juice. But the pickle, <laughs> pickle fingers, yeah. Flicking pickle juice. So anyway, uh, I've been watching that, and mm-hmm. it just makes me laugh. It's really good. I don't good. even know. I don't even know that he needs guests on and make them uncomfortable. Like that's not the gig to me. Yeah, I, I, the other stuffs. Like I don't his necessarily. Man on the street stuff is is pretty funny. Is great. Watch. Yeah, the man on the street's yeah. great, and then also the just. I don't know that the guests like need to be it because I don't think that that's funny. Like bringing someone on, then doing something crazy and being like, "Oh, we got you," because we, yeah, because I think we're crazy and you looked at us like we were crazy. Most of the time, it's like they were given a heads up, like this is what we're gonna say. You act shocked that we're saying it. Like I don't believe for a second that they're like because you wouldn't stay holding them. Like the moment, it's like the moment any of that happened, you'd be like, "Well, I'm gonna leave." Yeah, it's like between two ferns where it's like they're not really offended by Zach Galifianakis. They know what the yeah, they know the. And they're they're trying to be part of it. Yeah. So, but it, it's a good show. I I I think that's a great. Anyway, that's uh, all. That's my recommendation for you. What's your recommendation? Well, I will say this: Drive. I, uh. <laughs> I haven't actually seen Drive in a long time, but um, no, it's funny. You know, I've been stuck. You know, not doing a lot. Okay. During this pandemic. And time. so instead of working, you're watching Netflix. Got it. This is a joke because well, I know you work very hard. While working, I'll, I'll watch Netflix. <laughs> okay. You know, that's the, the beauty of having two monitors. One of them's Netflix, yep. and the other one I'm supposedly working. But um, uh, so I you know we've watched tons of stuff, me and my wife, and honestly, most of it isn't that good. Okay. And so it's it, I was honestly racking my brain of like, what is like something I can undeniably be like, Doom. watch this, um, and not much. But we did just recently watch um. Two shows that I thought were actually good. Okay. One is called Ted Lasso. Have you seen or heard of it? No. So it's on... All one word? uh, No, it's a guy's name, Ted Lasso. Okay. L-A-S-S-O? Yes. And it's on Apple's streaming service. Got it. Don't have it. Uh, You know, we have it for free because if you buy an Apple thing, they just give it to you for free. Like an Apple what? Like an Apple Watch or a a device. They didn't give me one when I bought my Apple Watch. When did you buy it? Less than a year ago. Really? Yeah. That's rude. They may have given it to me, and I was like, stop talking to me. I just want to see how many steps I'm taking. But I, I, I bought this watch to check text messages and how many steps yeah. I'm taking. Get out of my face. But um, it's like $7 a month. So even if you paid $7 and watched the entire run of Ted Lasso, I'd say it's worth it. But basically, it's Jason Sudeikis. You know, okay, great. He, He's the coach, the soccer coach. Yeah, yeah. Is that the gig? Is that, that is the, it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he created this character for like commercials yeah. or something where he's just this like football coach character that's like funny yeah and I much like Ernest started as a character yeah. on a commercial yeah I wasn't <laughs> expecting that much from this though because um like I don't know I just I just wasn't but we started watching it and it I would compare it to this it's like in these times it's it's an extremely positive show right it's optimistic and the whole sh- like premise is have you ever seen any well why am i asking this i know you haven't seen them have you seen paddington any of those movies no like paddington bear Bear? yeah no no, i haven't it's basically like paddington okay where those movies are like this bear is so 
um, like so sweet and so pure and like positive and stuff that there's all these grumpy British people he encounters that and just fall like, in love with him. Stupid bear, <clears throat> you know. And then by the end of the movie, they just like he's totally won them over with his with his kindness and kindness and yeah. and his wholesomeness. And that's what this is. That's what this is. Or like Pollyanna. Have you right. heard of that? That's I know. I've idea. heard of Pollyanna. Yeah. Yeah. Where he's this like football coach, and he's like. And I hate football coaches. I think most of them are psychopaths, like, honestly. Right, To probably. go into coaching football, like, you're probably a little bit mentally unstable. You're probably a narcissist. Right. But he is, like, this very positive dude. He's all about, like, believing in yourself and, and like, you know. Like a Friday Night Lights guy. And he's guy. totally set up to fail. The whole plot is that, like, he's brought in because the the like a league of their own type situation exactly. not league of their own like a major league major it's exactly like major league where there's been a divorce and this this wife inherits the team and she wants to make her her ex suffer and the team is the most important thing to him so she wants to tank the team just to piss him off so she hires sounds him sounds like she's still in love with not him not knowing this guy who doesn't know anything about soccer to coach his soccer team right and everyone's like why did you do this like you don't know and they all hate him and by the end he's won them over and it's very positive and they win i won't say i won't say that uh, i they won't do. say uh, no I will actually say that, that I knew you would. Happen. I'd love to get you. I got you. It took about a half a second, and you couldn't stop. You but couldn't help good, yourself. But it's a good show, and it's positive. And I felt okay. me and my wife. She actually she's uh, dressing up as Ted Lasso for Halloween. That's great. <laughs> she bought a full on like slacks and like yeah. sweat sweater and stuff. That's and good. Mustache and. Uh, the other one, it's not as good. It's not. It's just one that we just watched, and I thought it was a good spooky show. Okay. It's on Hulu. Okay. And it's called Hellstrom. Yeah, I, I, they and, always um, want me to do that when I and scroll it's, down. I guess it's based on a comic book. I have never read it awesome. or care about that. But watching it, you wouldn't think this is a comic book show. It's more like a um, like a like a spooky demon show where a guy is like a, a brother or sister. It's like they're like their father was some evil demon, so they have like demon powers. Right. But a lot of it But has they want to wanna fight it. demons. Yeah, they're since they're half human, they're like not evil. So they're right. like trying to figure it out. And there's a lot of like they're chaotic neutral stuff from like, oh, they, what does the Catholic Church know about this? And what is the there's this ancient organization called the Blood that like hates demons and are like Are there organizations that love demons? Uh well, I guess the demons themselves love love themselves. And if if a demon can procreate with uh, a woman to create these children, mm-hmm. are we then associating that says that uh, our biological like we're compatible, like we're close enough in in relation to demons? Well, I'm not really sure because all the show ever shows is that demons are inhabiting human bodies. I see. Like so the demon in possessed a human body mm-hmm. and then maybe copulated. I guess. Okay. The thing is, they never really get to like the deal with the father. It's all. It's about another demon who possessed the mom, and they're trying to like get that demon out of the mom. But it's possessed her for like twenty years, and so she's locked up in this institution, mental institution. And the brothers like helping, and it goes through all these twists and stuff. I will say, it's like not excellent but it's it was very watchable and it was very i thought for this spooky season it was like we were definitely engaged in it and Got it. The, the acting is is pretty good the casting is okay and the the girl who plays his sister is really cool she has like very cool style and stuff we liked her cool so hellstrom okay. uh, check hellstrom. it out here's the thing though 
very obvious it's not getting a season two because of like different uh, contractual things happening where Hulu was contracted to make all these Marvel shows. Right. And this is like the last of them. Right. And now Marvel is only making shows on their own Disney Plus network. Yeah. So it kind of sucks because there's not going to be a season two. Right. And I don't think it has anything to do with the quality of the show. It's just that it's not going to happen. But it was a Marvel, it was a Marvel book originally. A comic it was book. a Marvel comic book. The guy, the main guy's name is Damon Hellstrom. Okay. And they, in the comics, he was known as the son of Satan. <laughs> Fun comic But book. they never really, they don't go that, they just kind of take the general idea of it. I will say this, as the, um, as someone who likes comic books, you, or comics in general, I, like, I don't think you read the comic books, but yeah. you like the stories. I like the stories. And I really liked them sure. when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and I think they're cool now still. I read somebody from The Watchmen, mm-hmm. um, the guy who created apparently is, is pretty upset that uh, all these grown men are watching these stories created Alan for young Moore? men. Yeah. That guy is a... Insane person, though. Okay. He hates everything now. I can and believe he, that. And basically, he writes, like, uh, <laughs> I don't want to get into it, but, like, what he writes now is, like, uh, the story of Alice, like, a pornographic journey of her, like, having sex with everybody and stuff. Like, he's very, uh, um, he's out there. He's a weird guy. He, right. hates, every, he hates every adaptation. Which is interesting, because Watchmen was really cool. Done. No, it was, was a cool, cool story like, in a sense. Yeah, like, he he was definitely in the pocket like in the eighties, nineties for a while. Right. But then like they started adapting his stuff, and he just he just hates all of it. You Interesting. Know? It's similar to the guy who um, have you heard of the boys? It's like on Amazon. No. It's like a it's like a it's like a superhero parody type okay. thing where it's extremely violent and gory and yeah. like, crude. And it's like, well, what if heroes were real? They would actually be the worst people in the world. And you're like, why? With their own ego. Okay. They'd be like perverts <clears throat> right. and like terrible people. And they're like controlled by this um, big corporation um, that like basically like sells them to right. cities. Like, okay, you can have this hero for your city, but you have to pay this much. And it's like this big, it's a very cynical thing. Right. The guy, I think his name is Garth Ennis. He hates superhero comics. So it's like his takedown of, takedown of superhero comics. Right. And we've watched that show too. There's two seasons. It is honestly kind of disgusting. And like, I kind of like it and I kind of hate it. Okay. I liked it enough to finish it. It's on Amazon Prime, but like, um, that guy, yeah, he just, it's like, why are you, anyway. Yeah, why are you so angry? Why can't you just let people have a good time? Yeah, people just hate, um, I mean, I think there's an argument to be made, though, that, like, modern cinema has been basically taken over by the idea of, like, massive franchises. Right. Um, the idea of the smaller movies, like, n- there used to be movies between a, a small indie movie and a big blockbuster that would get made. Right. Comedies, but now you don't make any of them. Romantic comedies. Right. Um, you know, like stuff like that, those don't get made anymore. Right. And if they do get made, they're on Netflix, you know? Right. And so there's, I guess there's an argument to be made that like superhero movies are kind of ruining the movie rest industry, of the movies. But I don't think that is a justification to be like, they're just bad in general. And you should never enjoy them if you're over 15. Yeah, it's fun. Like, I think that's fun. It's fine. I watch all right. of them. Like, uh, interesting. I don't know. All right. Well, you don't you watch go. movies, though. I think I the last watch a movie lot. you saw was with me when we saw The Avengers in tw- 2012. <laughs> yeah. No, I watched The New Avengers. Not in the theater, of course. That'd be ridiculous. Yes. Actually, we saw a movie. The last movie we saw together was the long, boring one where uh, Leo gets ripped up by a Yes, bear. The Renovant, which I still feel like Tom Hardy was the better actor. 
yeah, in that movie. and also like that was just not that good. It was not. I don't think he deserved a Best Actor award. No, at all. it was just like it, they do that from time to time. They're like, uh, it's been long enough. We'll give you an Oscar, right? And it doesn't really have that much Which to do with the movie. Bothers me because then people want to go on and be like, well, this was a great movie. I want to see his performance, and it sucks. And you're like, no, we're giving it to him for his body of work, but that's not how awards work. Yeah, like he, I think he he was ten times better in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood than he was in in The Revenant. Right. Have you seen that one? I think so. The newest Tarantino that came out last oh, year. Oh no, I haven't. Then. It's really no good. with Brad Pitt. Yeah, and it's supposed to be really good. You should watch that. I just it's know that I great. think he's a good actor in a lot of stuff. Yeah, he's a, he's really good. Like he deserves that. a mm-hmm. Best Actor award. Yeah. Not for that movie. He's good in The Departed. He's good yeah, in a lot of movies. He's good in a lot of movies. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Anyway, I wanted to ask a different question. <laughs> okay. Uh, changing subjects completely. Sure. Were we, were, when, when we were roommates, was I watching baseball a lot? Not that I remember. I don't even think we had, I don't think we paid for cable. So I don't You're think right. we had That's sports going on in the right. house. I was just thinking about it because for the past five years, the Dodgers just won the World Series. And you know, yeah. for the past five years, I've been a big Dodger fan. Mm-hmm. Past five, eight years. And I was thinking, I was wondering How if it was back with you. How long has it been since we lived together? Forever. I don't know. 2011? 20... No, it wasn't 12. 11. It was like 2013. 2013. 2014. Yeah. No, 2013. Okay. Because I got married at the end of 2013. Right. And I, we so then it would have been 2012. The beginning of 2013. 2012, 2013. Spring of 2013. Yeah. I think we mm-hmm. parted our ways. Yeah. I was just thinking about Seven it because years. at one point I was watching baseball and Vin Scully, the old Dodger announcer, mm-hmm. called a bunch of games. And I was like, this guy is so good. Yeah. That I just started watching his games. Huh. And then I went to some Ogden Raptors and they feed into the Dodgers and then it like yeah. got me on this train. I love I, I love Raptors games. Right. They're the fun. stadium is so small and good good sight lines. I was just it's trying fun. to see like how long ago I fell in love with Vin Scully. Because mm. he's been retired for a good three years now. I and I was dead. No, he's just retired. Oh, okay. But <laughs> I hoped he was dead. He I don't know why I said that. <laughs> Sorry. That was mean for no reason. Yeah, it was. He's just a nice old man who calls Dodgers games for 60 years. Nice. Now, so. uh, any any media personality has probably done awful things. Oh, my goodness. What? It's true. He was a really nice guy. He any started in Brooklyn when he was a young power, kid. He had a position of power. Is probably oh, my goodness. Things. This needs to end. <laughs> this cynical whatever. Okay, I'll say this about baseball. I lived in Seattle as a kid. And it was like Mariners fever at the time. Right. Because it was 2000 and no, it was 90. No, it was early 90s. In the early 90s was like the king. Seattle was the king of baseball because you had a rod for a while, too. Well, that was more mid 90s. Oh, uh, excuse me. But but no, no. Even before that, like Ken Griffey Jr. was like a god to all the kids in Seattle. Totally. Like you can't imagine how big of a deal it was. And I got to go to a few games in the old kingdom. Yeah. And so I've always been a, you know nominally like a Mariners fan but the problem is like unless you pay money to like actually get the TV and like why you, yeah. you don't watch the games and if you don't watch the games then it's like you don't care that much yeah but I recently this is another recommendation there's this sports writer uh named John Boyce have you ever heard of him no he used to have a website called Progressive Boink and they would do all kinds of like comedy writing and, and like they did like a thing it was called the the clubhouse and it was like baseball players like chatting with each other just interesting and it was really funny okay but anyway he i think he writes now for one of those big sites like sports nation or something like that okay but um he did this he does these videos now and he did this whole video series on the history of the seattle mariners cool just because there's been such weird stuff going on in that franchise totally and like the ups and downs and like 
you know, they had that like historically amazing team that, that won 116 that won games. Yeah, almost 120 games, yeah. almost, and didn't even make it to the World Series and all that. They didn't kind even of stuff. make it past round one. Yeah, and so anyway, I watched that recently, and it kind of got me back into that like uh, following. I like that, but they, but but they suck. Like they always suck. It's like what's the because they haven't you know? been to the playoffs since you were a kid. Yeah, I think they almost made the playoffs a few times, maybe like 10 years ago. They got close. Close. But they never have. Yeah. yeah. So it's like I want to be a baseball fan, but it's like kind of hard for me. But I always yeah. enjoy going to live baseball games. I, th- yeah, I think that's great. a very fun thing. I like going to the Bees games. I like, I've gone to Raptors ones. Yeah. They're, they're fun. Yeah. Oh, I'm not saying you had to be. I was just wondering if you could place when I loved Vince Gully. Oh, that's yeah. all. It was before our time. It was after our time. Right. All right. Well, right. well, take the takeaways. Takeaways. Uh, Goosebumps, appropriate for 10-year-olds who want to get scared. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Great job on R.L. Stein on pivoting and making $200 million off of children's novels. Yeah, no. Good would, job, yeah, brother. I, like, seriously. I can only imagine. That's good for him. Power to you. He's old, though. What is he doing? What is he going to do with that money? Uh, I think money is wasted on old people. Like, what do they totally. do? Totally, yeah. They go on cruises. Well, according to Carnegie's Gospel of Wealth... Anyway, let's keep going. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's all I got. That's all I got to say. I want to say yeah. happy Halloween to everybody. To happy our three, Halloween. three listeners, <laughs> thanks for checking in every nine months when we release an episode. <laughs> that's nice of you. And uh, be safe out there. You we know, love you. Happy Halloween. Hopefully, this pandemic will end at some point. Ugh. Let's hope, man. The vaccine's coming any day now. Any day. New normal. Inject it right into my face as soon as I, as soon as I can. <laughs> I'm a big believer in science. Okay, let's go. All right, thank you. That is <laughs> See our... you, Matilda. Bye, Matilda. <laughs>